We're back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long ass time, so where have you been, hon? Working. And? Finishing school. Which made you? <laughs> a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, Nancy finally finished school. Hey, guess what? Extreme Horror Replay is back. Nancy has finished school. She is now officially a PhD, no, a doctorate, I'm sorry. DRPH. A DRPH <laughs> in public health, or doctor of public health. So all that time she spent working her butt off has paid off, and she's now a doctor. Not that kind of doctor. Not like a hands-on doctor. She's an epidemiologist for the city of Detroit, which, you know, it's pretty fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my gosh, yeah, it's been so long since we've done one of these. Wow. Uh, okay, icebreaker. I have a would you rather. Would you rather have a 10-inch belly button that you couldn't hide? Uh, I'm sorry, a 10-inch protruding belly button that you couldn't hide? Or 10-inch <laughs> or earlobes that you couldn't hide? Which would you rather? <laughs> well, either of them you could have surgically. No, no, no. No surgery. You're well, stuck with them. No, there, that, no, no, no. I would do the belly button because I'd take a pair of scissors. <laughs> can't get rid of it. You can't hide you didn't, it. No, you're adding all I these rules I said you can't hide. Back. You can't hide it. You wouldn't be hiding it. You'd be cutting it off. That's, <laughs> that's the same as hiding it. Not necessarily be like it wouldn't be hiding; it would be losing it. Then you bleed to death. So, which would you rather I would have? Just tie some string around <laughs> around the stump. No, you don't get to dismiss it. You have to pick. No, which one would you rather live I, with? I wouldn't rather live with either of no, them. You I have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the protruding, the protruding belly button because that's just going to gross you out. <laughs> Real nice. We've been married for over 23 years. Doesn't take a protruding belly button from you to gross me out. <laughs> Slap your head with it. <laughs> All right. So, he cheated. Can't cut it off. You can't hide it. You didn't have any of these rules. I said you couldn't no. hide it. And you so, wouldn't be hiding it. But you can't get rid of it. You didn't say that. You can't. Okay. Would you rather have a 10-inch belly button that you couldn't hide or get rid of in any way, or would you rather have 10-inch earlobes that you couldn't hide or get rid of either way? The belly button, because that's just one thing. Earlobes, too. Okay. Sure about that. Yes. Be poking out your shirt every day. At least with the earlobes, you could put, like, gauges in. I don't wear shirts that show off my belly, so nobody would see yeah, it. But it would be poking, like, at your shirt, like a little belly button boner. <laughs> no, it would be hanging down. <laughs> okay. So it would be hanging out the front of your shirt, then? Like a little... I would tuck it. Dangling. I would tuck it into my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. But I guess that would still be hiding it. You didn't say, what would you rather have something that you have to display? <laughs> I said you can't hide it or get rid of it. Like I said, at least with the earlobes, you could put in gauges and, like, have the world record, like, 
engaged. Yeah, but you couldn't, like, turn your head real fast. Well, you had to slap somebody with them. (laughs) (laughs) Yourself. Give yourself a black eye with your earlobes. Okay. So, I was just trying to break the ice a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, we've, yeah, we've, we've been away for quite some time. And, um, yeah, Nancy is a doctor now, uh, an epidemiologist. We were just kind of discussing bringing the show back. And so that's what we decided to do. It's been forever. I think it was, uh, what, December of 2021? Was yeah. the last time we did a show, um, and you, we're going back to basics here. I mean, it's just oh yeah, we're like I mean we're literally two people at a computer with wired earbuds with a microphone in it. So you know the sound quality. Hopefully, I can fix it on the end, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how that goes. But the movie we picked was um, Nancy's pick. It was. We've seen this one, and I always confuse the title of it. The movie she picked was Sinister from 2012 with Ethan Hawke. And for some reason, I know the movie that she's talking about, but I always confuse the title of the movie with Insidious. And it's kind of just become a joke between us. So I think I, well, I don't know. I don't know which one I like better. Which one do you like better? I like Sinister better because I can express my thoughts on the movie better. Because you hate Ethan Hawke's sweater. Yeah. With the patches. Yeah. And the movie's the like, <laughs> the movie stars the wife, Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawke's sweater. <laughs> it's wearing him. And his big frame glasses. <laughs> and I don't know who did the wardrobe or the costume, whatever you call it for the movie, but have they ever worn glasses? Because you don't wear glasses to see far away around your neck. And he put the glasses on so he could watch the film. Does it matter? I mean, why couldn't you? Why would you, if you had to wear glasses for distance, you would, it's usually like for things like driving. Right. Which is fine if you, you know, do it back and forth like that, but how much driving do you do? You're going to have to have your glasses dangling off your face. Off your neck, I should say. <laughs> you get hang it from your earlobe <laughs> or your belly button. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I ha- I need mine for distance vision. So, so okay, as somebody that has just well, it's always been an issue, but now it's just recently because I'm using reading glasses in order to see my cell phone. Old um, age <laughs> creeping up on her. I know. That because I I lose the reading glasses all the time. I know that wearing them on the strap would probably help someone like me that loses them all the time. But they're reading glasses, and you only if you do a lot more reading or on your cell phone than you would driving. And then if you only needed them for driving, you'd keep them in your car, not dangling off the neck. What if you have? What if you're in a position like me where I'm in a store? Half the time, and on the road half the time. You would leave your glasses on the dashboard. Why couldn't I just put them around my neck? Can you imagine bending down over trays and stuff and having (laughs) reading glasses (laughs) clinking around? No, I wouldn't want to. Or you'd you'd, you'd be like lifting up a pallet or whatever, and your reading glasses get caught underneath, and (laughs) the strap would break. So, yeah, okay, the movie... (laughs) 
<laughs> the movie that we did that that Nancy picked was uh, yes, Sinister from 2012, starring Ethan Hawke as um, what Ellison Oswalt, Juliet Rylance as Tracy Oswalt, and James Ransone as Deputy So and So. And um, Ethan Hawke's sweater. And, and Ethan Hawke's sweater. With the elbow patches. With the elbow patches. And he had shoulder patches, too. Like, there was a, like a big thing across his shoulders that was... I don't see that. Yeah, leather. Is that Irish wool? I don't know. I mean, he wore it a lot. I mean, it must have been expensive because they made him wear it. He got this skin. Well, he's sophisticated. <laughs> Intellectual. He's a somebody. <laughs> um. So... I don't know. I mean, aside from his sweater. And the fact that he had to wear a college shirt on me. So he had the glasses on a, a strap around his neck, the sweater, his big, thick cable knit, and then he had the big leather patches on the elbows. And that didn't give us enough information about how intellectual he was, apparently. I swear, I swear there was some on the, shirt, <laughs> on the shoulder, too. So they made him have a college, I, I don't know if it said like Bennington it was College. Bennington or Pennington? Yeah. Um, so you could definitely tell that he went to college. Right. Because you need to know. Yeah, and he had a MacBook. MacBook Pro. MacBook Pro. So, you know, that just goes all along. Yeah, and okay, so Deputy So and So was in the movie too. And uh, for those of you who have seen The Black Phone, not a good movie, decent, but not. I don't know. I wouldn't call it horror for sure. Deputy So-and-so and Ethan Hawke were both in that as well. But so, okay, so the movie starts, and uh, it's moving in day. If you've ever moved, it, that sucks. Moving sucks. Packing sucks. Unpacking is not terrible. I think we're still kind of unpacking, and we moved two years ago. Yeah, but so, it was like in the dead of winter. Oh, yeah, January. We moved in in January. I think it was so. snowing. Oh, for sure. The day we moved in. Yeah. And it took like two trips. So they're moving in, and Ellison, you find out right away that he's a true crime writer. Uh, and you also find out that the cops are not fans of his work. Some of his, some of, or one of his books, I should say, we're told he got all the facts right and helped catch a killer. Did you know that the cops, like, Congressman or governor? I think you've told me that before. What? And he was on Cape Fear, right? Uh, no. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, with Robert De Niro. So yeah, he's the sheriff in town. You you find out that he's not very appreciative of uh, Ellison's writing because two of the books that he had done, he got some of the facts wrong, and it helped the killer go free. He says. And then so the first. One of the things that you notice about this movie is that it's ex it is extremely dark throughout the entire movie. Yeah, which it goes along with the title being sinister, you know. Well, they do, and we brought it up while we were watching. They do make a mention that they're trying to pay two mortgages because they haven't sold their old house. They moved into the new house, and he has to sell a book in order for them to, to you know, make ends meet. So, and this may have been the first time that we thought of it, but maybe they're just trying to conserve electricity, so they leave the lights off. But the movie is extremely dark. 
and it's actually irritatingly dark. You'll be watching a scene, and there'll be like one part of the scene highlighted for you to be able to see. And You're trying to get a sense of what's around it, but you can't. It's nearly impossible. Uh, I think they like overdid it on a lot of things for the movie. Well, it's like when the power goes out. Or when the when the lights go off, I don't know if the power went off, out, or the lights just went off. But he's rooting around through the house, and he's just got his phone, you know, the, the flashlight on his phone. But then you see later that they actually have a flashlight in the house. He should have went and grabbed that, because that would eliminate a lot more than just his phone. It's just hard to see a lot of the movie. So, so they're all sitting around, they're eating dinner and everything, and then the next day the kids go to school. And and the son immediately, uh, he's a little smartass. He gets in trouble for drawing a picture on the whiteboard and permanent marker of four kids hanging from a tree. And I'm not sure. I mean, I think they're just trying with, with the night terriers. I think they're just trying to say that he's being affected by living in the house. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't really a solid plot line. It was just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, it was um, superfluous in my. I go back and I listen to our old podcast every once in a while just for shits and giggles. And you use that word superfluous <laughs> probably, I don't know, a hundred times. <laughs> I find a lot of uses for it. There's really only one usage for it. You just. Well, if you're, if you're <laughs> watching extreme horror, it stands to reason that when describing the movie, there's going to be overkill, or... Right. We have never really... I don't know why I named it that. Extreme Horror Replay. Maybe just to grab attention? Maybe. I mean, we've done a couple, like, out there movies, but nothing, like, extreme. Mm. I don't know. It's grabby. <laughs> Grabs you by the cojones and just pulls you in. So, Ellison... He's doing his work in the in his little office. Stop picking your toes. I'm not. We got one, we got one of those foot masks. We got two of them. Ben did one, and I did one, and I'm still like my feet are like raw on the bottom. Those things are nasty. <laughs> the skin on your feet sloths off for like that didn't happen to weeks. me. It's like <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it, it feels like. I, it's, it's a weird feeling. It just feels like, <laughs> they feel like they're raw. It feels like, do. when you first put it on, it feels like your feet are covered in wax. Because it gets like all dry and scaly. Mm-hmm. And then you tell yourself when you start seeing your skin flake off that it's the mask drying. No, it's not. It, and it's not. <laughs> it, it gets down, deepens down. And I, that's what I thought. If we did it, you know, I was expecting it to be soft. Yeah, make your skin soft, but it, it doesn't if you have, like, because I did hair for a long time, so I have calluses on my feet. And I thought that they would be, like... You don't use your feet to cut hair. You stand on them. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine saying that? Somebody cutting hair with their toes? Oh, man. And I <laughs> horror stories. Like, if I wore certain shoes, I'd get the hair slivers in my that. That's a true horror story. <laughs> so it just feels now like, like if you were to take a pumice stone 
and go to town on your foot, and then <laughs> let, let the, you take a shower, and then your foot dries, and you're like, ooh, I did a little bit too much, and it kind of hurts, and it feels dry and raw. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie we watched was Sinister. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that was a, a, a bit of a wild tangent. Wild. <laughs> Off the cuff. <laughs> I was just picturing us being... Wild and crazy guys from... Wild and crazy guys. <laughs> and we're talking about foot mats. <laughs> <laughs> if we're, we're seeing that as, as wild and crazy. We're getting old. We haven't um, started wearing matching jumpsuits. There's never a time for that. Sorry, I just burped. Probably, probably be able to pick it up. I, I don't know. I'm just having more fun chit-chatting. Long story short, people start dying. So Ellison finds some old movies in the attic, and like a bonehead, he decides to start watching them. Well, the first family is a family playing outside. They're playing football in the backyard or having a cookout or whatever. Wait, gotta set the scene, because he has to wear a sweater. He's got a sweater on. And he has to sit with his legs crossed, because intellectual men do that while he watches the film. Okay, his legs are crossed. (laughs) He has to put the glasses on his to watch the film. But clearly, they're hanging off his neck like reading glasses would do. Okay. And he's scribbling notes, and the notes are like really stupid, like... Where's Stephanie? Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. And it's like, if that's like the real writing process, that's fine. I'm not a, a novel author, you know? Uh-huh. But he had like, like they have on Dexter when they're investigating, you know? And even Officer So-and-so said, you got the... Oh, the map with the string. The map with the, the, with the yarn. Yeah, the lines connecting it. Where was I going with that? I don't remember. I like Deputy So-and-so better than I like Ethan Hawke's character. Well, I think he but he, he kind of saved it for us. That's probably the only reason why we'll still watch it. Cause, yeah. Cause he's, he's in Sinister 2. He's in Sinister 2. He's the main character of Sinister 2. Have you realized... Okay, so we have Vincent D'Onofrio. Right. We have the cop who is a senate of Tennessee, or senator of Tennessee. Right. We have the two kids. Okay. And we have Ethan Hawke and his wife. Yes. Those are the only characters on the entire movie, except for the people that were. And they didn't really act. They just, they were. They just kind of shushed each other. Yeah. So I wouldn't really say that it's part of it, but yeah, I'm sure they got credit for it. Where are you going with that? I was just going to say, it's like, it, the whole movie just takes place and like... Oh, so, yeah, it's a one-location story. I think that the the plot line was not complicated enough to have it take place in the same place throughout the entire movie. Well, you kind of find out that, it, I mean, you kind of find out why it takes place in one place, because... Well, yeah, it ties all together at the end. Yeah, as the story breaks down... Deputy So and So finally gets a hold of Ethan's character or Ellison, Ellison, and he says that the family from let's see how did it go the family from the first the family from the second murder lived in the family from the first murder then they moved and something the next family lived (laughs) in the house of the second family and then they died and then the family from the each family that dies yeah. was a family that lived 
in the house of the family before them. Right, yeah, right. No, the family that died before them. Yeah, family yeah. that dies lived in the house of the family that died that died before them. Right, and then, yeah, so, and then they moved. It, it takes, like, until you're about three-quarters of the way into the movie before you're kind of like, where are they going with this? I'm tired of looking at all these shots in dark rooms. Well, they were poor. They had two mortgages. Yeah, but he's got, like, a palatial estate at the end of the movie. But if they were only paying for the one, they could afford it. They had to pay for both. Well, as an intellectual... <laughs> with the big sweater with leather patches. Hey, he must have made a lot of money off of Kentucky blood. I don't know. I like listening to true crime podcasts. I don't know that I could... I can't read true crime books anymore, I don't think. I like the fiction books. I don't think. <laughs> you haven't even tried, have you? True crime book? Yeah. You I'm, haven't tried lately. No, not lately. No, it's been a long time How since I've read a book. I don't know. I think the last true crime book that I actually read was the one that Gabby has the um, about Albert Fish. And then the one about, uh, oh, what's his name? He was the... the Profiler, the FBI profiler guy. I don't remember what his name is, but he had a lot of, like, it was basically like short stories, not short stories, but like short chapters about how, like, major uh, serial killers were caught. But I can't, I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, so, where are we at here? <laughs> so, yeah. The first family gets killed. They're playing in the, uh, they're doing the football stuff and they cook out in the backyard. And then they get hung in a tree. The second family's fishing and they're camping. And then suddenly it cuts to them and they're tied up in a car. Uh, and then the car is set on fire. The third family is hanging out around the pool. They're laughing, playing like uh, with the beach ball and everything. And then you see them and they're tied up. Uh, to the lawn chairs. He's seeing all of this in individual home movies of each yes. family. Yes. Yes. And it's a, yeah, uh, super eight movies. And so then the third family's pulled in, they're tied to lawn chairs and they're pulled in the pool, they drown. The fourth family is now tied to beds and they get their next cut. And then this is where we get the first glimpse of a ghoul or Ethan Ellison. Finds Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Booger. Um, that's that's our kids' names. Um, so yeah, Ellison sees this Bagul, who is this Bagul. <laughs> He's this Babylonian Babylonian deity uh, who is the eater of children, and he's a bad guy. He's a Bagul. I do think it's worth noting the comment that I made about Vincent D'Onofrio in the movie that you completely ignored. <laughs> what, that he overacts? Or that he acts like he's acting? <laughs> what is one of my biggest pet, pet peeves? Pretentious children. Uh, besides that, the other one. <laughs> it's precocious children. Whatever. <laughs> I don't remember which one. Fake gag reels. Oh, right, yeah, like the Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. They're so cringy to me because... It, they're people that are trying to be people not not uh, playing a role, you know? Right. Not, they're trying to not sound like they're just reading lines. Right. 
but they overdo it. And so Vincent D'Onofrio is the professor that Ethan Hawke sees. Um, they do like web chats and he goes above and beyond with the ah ums just so we can believe that he's not an actor in a movie. He's actually a professor that knows all about the rules. <laughs> I understand your point. I think with him or this character, Professor Jonas, it's more about him being like he's a, a big book nerd. Well, yeah. So he doesn't really know how to act yeah, I know people. I know the significance of his character. This is something that I'm noticing just about his acting, not about his character or about the storyline. It's his acting and that he is going beyond what would be realistic if somebody was really having an impromptu web chat with a stranger. Mm-hmm. So you I, think he's... Well, I mean, you just you basically think that he's overacting. Right. While pretending to not look like he's acting. Right. And that's... that. I mean, it goes with the theme. Like I said, the superfluous <laughs> going above and beyond what is needed for the plot. And I think all they do all these things because it is kind of a really weak plot. And Ethan Hawke is a mediocre at best actor. So... Do you know superfluous means? Yeah. Extra, not needed. <laughs> Alright. Just checking. <laughs> you think I'd use that word over and over again and not know what it means? Yes, I do. <laughs> I really do. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Pretentious, precocious, same thing. Basically. If not. Prove it. They mean two totally different things. Okay, prove it. Okay, so. Get your phone out. All right. Which one are you looking up? I will look up pretentious and you look up precocious. Okay, fair enough. How do you spell that? <laughs> P-E-R. I don't like to make a fool of you. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Do you know what they do? Obviously, you don't know what they mean. Okay, so you got yours? Yeah. Okay, what is it? The use of affectation to impress. Okay. Ostentatiousness. He spoke simply, without pretension. Having developed certain abilities or proclivities at an earlier age than usual. So totally two different definitions. Basically, the use of affectation to impress, like hyperbole, but it's pretentious is like... So, okay, so a precocious kid would be pretentious. Not necessarily. Yeah, if they're if they're overacting. Yeah, but... I'm right, you're wrong. Shut up. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> One is like a description ba, ba, of... Ba, 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 ba. I'm covering my ears. <laughs> Zip it. All right, fine. You're right. <laughs> Shut up. I like how you were you were pointing to your phone as you were reading me the definition, hoping to God <laughs> that I would agree that they're the same word. They're close. You're, it was a wing and a prayer. <laughs> a pretentious, a precocious kid will be pretentious. <laughs> a precocious, a precocious kid can be pretentious. But somebody that's pretentious isn't necessarily somebody that's precocious. Potato, potato. <laughs> you didn't even know what barefoot and pregnant meant. <laughs> okay. So then, uh, Ellison, <laughs> it's 
starts hearing strange thumps from the attic. And poof, the lights go out. There were lights on? Huh? <laughs> there were lights on? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> there, well, he did have, like, a lamp in his office. Uh, so then the light, that lamp goes off. He decides he's going to go up to the attic for some reason in the dark. And he falls through the fe- the bleh, he falls through the ceiling. Wait, um, you missed the part where he sees the coral snake. I think that was a king snake. I don't know. I always get the black on red. Well, the yellow on black, red. It's yellow, black on yellow. Watch out, fellow. Black on red. You're better off dead. I don't know. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> same so, thing. The same thing. It's uh. What is it? I used to know it. It's black on, maybe it's black on yellow, you're okay, fellow. Black on red, you're better off dead. <laughs> you're sitting here with your cracks on, trying to remember. It's just funny. Yeah, I'm wearing my crocs. All right, so I'll look that one up, too. <laughs> I think it's yellow on red, something, something dead. No, coral snake saying, coral snake rhyme, okay. Let's see, the coral snake rhyme. Red touch black, safe for Jack. Red touches yellow, kills a fellow. What? Why is the why is the coral snake rhyme wrong? The argument is that the rhyme of the unreliable because the chance of coming across one of these aberrant individuals confusing the person, so... Basically, if you see a red, yellow, and black snake, just leave it the hell alone, because you don't know. Right, and that, wouldn't you wonder, what what state was this supposed to take place in? I don't know. Oh, my God. Thank God. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson ended their relationship. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it takes place. I think it was a king snake. That looked like the snake, right? Yeah, it did. No, it had the red, yellow, and black. No. Yeah, no. Put it back on. Oh, my Lord. Okay, fine. So, okay, we're going to con- continue through the plot, and we'll find that scene. So, Deputy So-and-so comes to check out what may have been the thumps. And this is where we're really introduced to Deputy So-and-so. And then, um, this is, like, things kind of start coming together at this point, like the lines are being connected and the, um, what does that even mean? I know you're trying to do two things at once, but the lines are all connected. Like the, 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 uh, he starts connecting the, like connecting the dots to the, you know, the murders of the families and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, mostly with the help of deputy so-and-so. Sorry, we're trying to find that scene in the movie. Um, I'm, just, I'm pulling it up here on uh, Voodoo, on our Voodoo. And then, um, so now uh, the everything yeah, starts coming together. He was also wearing his glasses when he was driving. Well, yeah, he needed them for distance. We literally only saw him drive once in the entire So why would he have to hang them up? I wear my glasses all the time, and I need them for distance. Well, you go out. He's, like, holed up in his house in an office. Why would he have to have reading glasses hanging off his neck? Where are they going to go when he's in one room throughout the entire movie? I 
don't know, Mark. Go. <laughs> Sorry. I felt like I was going to get a little past it there. <laughs> <laughs> is this where it is? He's looking at with the thing, right? Oh, wait. It's just before this. Well, yeah, because he finds the snake under the lid. Of course, you can't see the damn thing because it's so freaking dark in the fucking movie. Um, so, and it, yeah, he... <laughs> cares about the movie. We're just chit-chatting. This is fun. Um, so he, he sees the Fit family on film, and they get killed by a lawnmower. Um, I hope you guys aren't, like, actually trying to follow along with us. <laughs> he Deputy so-and-so tells him to contact uh, Professor Jonas, who is this, who we've already mentioned, is played by Vincent D'Onofrio, and he's, uh, like, an occult criminologist, and he's a professor at uh, some university. Um, but he has knowledge of Bagul, and he has knowledge of the symbol that um, Ellison had seen in the in the movies. Nancy's deeply enthralled in the movie, trying to see the, the snake that's under the... Uh, I was just thinking about how Ellison is such a pretentious name. Pretentious or precocious? <laughs> Again, they're exaggerating. The sweater and the glasses and the glasses chain and okay, the Okay, but see, he's wearing his glasses now. Right. So if they're for distance, you would not keep them around your neck. You would just wear know? them all the time, wouldn't you? How do we know that they're distance glasses? But maybe he, does he only wear them when, they're, when he's reading or take them off? That's why if you wear glasses for distance, like we both do. Right. Eventually, you're going to have to put them on for driving and for watching TV. So you just wear them all the time. Correct. If that's okay. the case with him, he would not be wearing them around his neck. I, I, I'm so fucking lost. Okay, so here comes the snake scene. It's in the box that's moving. It's, yeah, it's, it looks like a, a lid to a box, like a cardboard box. Now, you said the snake was what color? It's a coral snake, red, yellow. That is black and white. No. That is black and white. No. That is black and white. First of all, you can't even tell the colors because you it's so zip dark. it, Franklin. I will. I will look at that. Is no, that is red and black and white. You are drunk as a. There is no red or yellow in that scene. Here, I will pause it. I will pause it. There we go. There we go. Just do like a frame by frame. I don't know if I can. I'll try. You did not see red. I see red right there. But there's no red. Ah, you can't do a frame by frame. Stupid thing. It's flashing on the light. The, no. the snake that is seen in the movie is a king snake. That's what I said. You said it was a coral snake. I said king snake. Yeah, but there's still it's the red on yellow, or the yellow on red. No, black. This, I, the picture I showed you was a black and white king snake. Don't be pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was right. So I we'll won. Just, let's no, nope. I won the second battle. Nope. You won the first. Right, I won the second here. battle. <laughs> <laughs> so we're tied. Eat me. Uh, so let's see. He's a criminologist. Okay, the wife finds out finally that they moved into the house of the murders, and she gets pissed. I guess kind of rightfully so. I don't know. Would you move into a house where somebody had been murdered? Who knows? Somebody may have been not well. I don't think somebody was murdered here, but I think separate, definitely somebody died here. Definitely somebody died here. Um, we've had some strange goings on. 
go, going ons, goings on. We've had some strange goings on here in the last, actually, just like three or four weeks, like rattling of doors. I swear it. I know there's a king snake that looks like a coral snake, but the king snake that was on the movie is black and white. I saw red. Did not see red. There is a there is a king snake with red. There's that was a black and white king right. snake. Well, y'all are just gonna have to watch it and just let them know that he was wrong. That was a black and white king snake. Red, yellow, black. No, there was no scarlet king snake. There was no red on that snake. If it wasn't, I rewind it again. That you can see that it's clearly red. That's just a reflection of the light. It's a reflection of the color of the snake. <laughs> God damn it, just do a fucking this stupid thing pauses at the wrong second. You can see There is no red there. There's red there. That's black and white. No, black Where's white the yellow? and red. Where's the yellow? They're not they don't have yellow on them, it's black, white, and red. That is, that is it. You were right with it that it's a king snake, but see, it's that one thing. You can't. Whatever. I know it's a king snake. Anyhow. <laughs> so okay, the wife finds out and she's pissed. Any okay? So what were we saying? Would you uh, would you live in a house where somebody was killed? We think there's a possibility somebody may have died here. Or that our house was used as a as an old funeral home. Um, well, our uh, previous uh, previous owners of the house saged it. That's just because they're fucking yuppie yahoo ding dings. They still saged it. Yeah, because they're yuppie yahoo well, ding dings. They had to do it for some sort of reason, right? Yeah, because they're boobs. Anyway, would you live in a house that somebody was killed? Yes. You know why? Because it would be cheaper. No, <laughs> because I'm already living where somebody was killed. I'm living in the town somebody was killed, in the state somebody was killed. Where does it end? You would be concerned about the, the bad juju? Oh, man, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I know where I'm going. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really necessarily believe in bad juju. Um, so, when uh, wife finds out... Okay, now we start to kind of see the ghost kids, and they're, like, hanging out in the house and uh, causing all kinds of turmoil for Ellison. Kind of, I don't know, what would you, like, they're not really torturing him, but... Don't forget the fact that um, he fell out of the attic and had an ambulance come to wrap a bandage around his leg. He got a boo-boo on his, <laughs> on his calf. Um, let's see I slipped on some ice and got covered in boo-boos. <laughs> Let's see if we can see the patches on his back. I swear there's patches on his back. Maybe it was a different sweater? You should see if you can add that um, SpongeBob sound bite. I should be able to find it. Uh, <laughs> so. What happened? I slipped on an ice cube and got covered in boo boos. Boo boos, eh? Hmm. I think you guys want that hospital. Okay, so after the kids. This after the, the, the ghost kitties start, they start torturing him and kind of, not really torturing, but tormenting him. He decides to burn the old home movies because he wants to kind of, like, he just wants to distance himself from it. And then, like, I, I don't know, what prompts him to actually finally leave is when he realizes that the murder, or, 
Well, he kind of realizes it when it got, it's too late. Well, right. He just moves out of the house that he thinks the evil was coming from, and then he learns that he's part of the evil. Oh, that's right, because he saw the kid, the ghost kids in the attic, and they all, like, shushed him. He's, like, yeah. basically, like, you know, shush up. Um, so, yeah, he splits town with his wife and kids. And it's the worst thing he could have done. Right. And then they go back to their old palatial palace. What would, what did you call it? Their palatial estate. Palatial estate. Pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not going to go live in some McMansion. <laughs> McMansion? Yeah. You know what a McMansion is? What's a McMansion? It's like a mass-produced giant house. Like, you know, in the suburbs, or subdivisions, like, around in Brighton. Oh, like, uh... They have these huge houses and these ritzy subdivisions, and they call them McMansions because they're mass-produced. That's a new one on me. Is that a Detroitism? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, so they couldn't put him in a McMansion, they had to put him in a palatial estate. Right, okay. Because he's a pretentious writer. Yeah, with the cable net sweater. And the patches. And the glasses hanging out. And the college shirt. And crossing his legs. (laughs) Oh, anyway. (laughs) We should call and title this one A Million Reasons Why I Hate Ethan so, uh, yeah, so they split town, they go back to their old house, then um, Professor Jonas calls him again, and he says, hey, by the way, uh, this Bagul is this guy, and this guy, and he's not good. So, the daughter, who we mentioned never yet, uh... <laughs> yeah, they made the psycho one, the, a ginger. It, yeah, where do they get the... Uh, where does that come from? The wife's not a redhead. Ethan Hawke is clearly not a redhead. Maybe intellectuals have redheaded too. I don't know. He's dark-haired. She's blonde. They have a dark-haired son and a ginger daughter. And she is like... There's something wrong with her. Because she needs to decide whether she's going to be a likable character or a character that we can't stand. Because one second... She's bebopping and scatting and saying, your dad's going to write a, a wonderful book to the kids. And then the next second, she's all saying, what's wrong with you? Make sure your office door is closed. But like, make up your mind. Then she's kissing him on, like, on the next scene. I just, the daughter or the mom? You the said mom. the daughter. The mom. Okay. You said the daughter. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said it in error. All right. So, okay. Yeah. The mom. Okay. And then, so, the daughter ends up poisoning the family, and... Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're at the end of the movie. Somehow we made it there, after all the chit-chatting and bebopping and scatting around. And so, the daughter, yeah, she ends up taking an axe to the family. And Bagul ends up, like, uh, abducting her. Her home movie is added to the collection, and then the credits roll. So, somehow, yeah, we made it to the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you weren't such a big windbag. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're back, and I, I, we had fun. I had fun. <laughs> I'd rather do it this way, with a lot more chit-chat and back and forth, than just going, running the plot straight through. 
personally. I, I think I think this was more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just do it like this. So yeah, we'll definitely try to keep this format. So this is, I guess, we'll call this like season B one point oh. I mean, we kind of had seasons last time, but we'll call this season. We'll we'll call this episode B one. New beginnings. New beginnings. Feminine hygiene spray. No, we're not going there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was from uh, Kingpin. What do you think about new beginnings? Is that the feminine hygiene spray? Ooh, I don't remember that quote. I'm sorry, um, but it was a king snake, and. <laughs> It's a big cloud of shit coming. I think I smell it. It was a king snake, right? So anyway, yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I, it's been so damn long. I don't even remember how to end it. Um, uh, oh my gosh, what would you rate the movie? Um, on horror, or on like entertainment factor, because I am completely entertained at just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. We'll, we'll bring back the gore scores, so what would you rate it on just gore and violence first? Um, I would say it's probably a good mm, a five. And the reason why I gave it a five is because I feel like the scenes where, like, there's a, he's looking at a picture on the computer, and he's looking away from the computer, and the guy moves in the picture. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of freaky. But that is kind of like the only thing. And it is kind of freaky to look you know, at the beginning when you saw the people hanging from the tree, then right. it kind of got cheesy with the whole shushing and... With the kids. Yeah. So, it, it got up to a five at some point, <clears throat> at one point in the movie, um, and then it was just kind of like, where are they going with this, and do I even care? <laughs> so, that was your, that was that your gore score, or was that your overall that score? That was my gore score. Okay. Okay, so what's your overall score? My overall score would be an 8, just because I can <laughs> never have enough things to say about what I hate about Ethan Hawkins. About a sweater. <laughs> I'm going to go for a 4 on the gore score, and a 7, I think, overall. I like the movie. It does have a couple effective jump scares. Um, it does have... I don't even think that's real leather, man. I think that's like vinyl. His patches? Yeah. Why do they patches were not needed? Is it, it and 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 is it leather? Maryland is it supposed to be on leather on tweed. Yeah. Usually, if you're gonna get like a sweater, which it does look like an Irish sweater, and they were gonna put patches on the elbows, it would be leather, leather, not you know. Yeah, it looks like vinyl. So yeah, I would give it a seven overall, and I. Th- think, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, we've been talking for an hour, so, um. <laughs> you know, it's the shape of his nose, it's the, his eyebrows and that, like, the, the forehead, mm-hmm. it's the teeth, there's just so many things that irritate me about him. So, basically, you don't like him. No. <laughs> and I don't like that his daughter has gotten so famous. Would she be in that role if she wasn't his daughter? I'm sorry. I have no idea. Obviously, Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, yes. This has been episode B1 of Extreme Horror Replay. I am Ben. 
<laughs> and there's my smart ass wife, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. <laughs> so, for Extreme Horror Replay, I will say be good to each other and be safe. And you will say. You can do anything. You can be anything but Ethan Hawk. And you will say. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you. It's been so long since I've heard it. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.